0: This is my dark okay. legacy. Here we go. Let's go, go.
1: Uh, hi, let's hi. Go, this is for the girls podcast.
0: Go, really I'm Jason Black,
1: and I'm Nick Westrate. Um, this is a podcast about fandom from the queer uh, community to the iconic female performance community.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's we're celebrating the women that have inspired us to live
1: our best lives we uh grew up together and we were always obsessed with something that cliched are called divas and uh so this is the diva podcast this is the queer diva podcast we have different guests on to discuss uh you know people like bett midler and barbara streisand and aretha franklin and tina turner and then sometimes we just talk just to each other like today
0: Yes, and, uh, and we don't just do the musical divas, we do the screen divas, um, we do TV divas, oh, we might be doing a book diva coming up here soon.
1: Book divas, we have, uh, co- we've, <laughs> we read, we've kind of re-read. touched, we've touched on cooking divas, we've done a light pseudo Rachel Ray episode.
0: Oh yeah, and, and, and more Rachel Ray episodes <laughs> coming on, I mean, I can't believe, I don't think I've ever even mentioned Martha.
1: Who is like, I can't believe you've never mentioned Martha. I actually was, you know I get Martha's daily email newsletter and she was showing me like fall uh, fantasy
0: tables today. My, I don't know if people know this. I have a, I don't know if people know, how the fuck would you know this? I have a uh, magazine council vintage in my bathroom and it's just backlog of Martha Stewart living. So if you're like, you, uh, if yeah, you, yeah, if you want to be like, oh, I wonder if there's some fun, and then you just keep creeping through, and it's just Martha living. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, date me, we marry do me. Mar-
1: <laughs> Hi Jay, Hi. we haven't potted in a couple weeks. Podcasting. Hi, how are you? I know you? we
0: haven't we haven't potted since Judy. Oh, I'm
1: still. I would have to go back. Did y'all see Judy? I have to go back. Everyone, I feel like everyone went and saw Judy and was pretty excited to talk to us about this. Um, thank you, all you battle angels, for writing us all those amazing emails and leaving us those reviews. Keep doing it. It's amazing. We love them. And, but yeah, lots of people wrote and like loved listening to Judy. And I think it kicked off Halloween month right. What else has been going on with you?
0: Um, not, too, not too much. I am getting into the, uh, the holiday spirit. I've got, I'm, I'm decorating Obviously, iconically decorating for the holidays.
1: It's your number one holiday, Halloween.
0: It is. I Last year, I got a tattoo of a jack-o'-lantern on my ankle, because what do you do yeah. when you're 33? Um, and uh, ever since then, I've been really... I, I talked about this. I've also sprinkled this in about my like love for decorations, but I'm really into like 80s, 90s. Uh, nostalgia uh, decorations and I've like really like leaned into that for this Halloween season so so yeah maybe I'll take a photo of that and share that because I have I yeah, built a whole should... shrine that is like disturbing the theme of my room is little girl's bedroom right before an exorcism
1: <laughs> it's exactly yes. what it looks like yes
0: yes it does thank you so yes that's 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 what I've been doing <laughs> What have Whenever you been doing, visit?
1: babe? Um nothing I've been sick you little sick I'm really sick, yeah, so everyone pardon my uh sick soundingness. uh I had jury duty this week. My jury duty was run by a really iconic diva named Irene who has worked in the criminal justice system for thirty years. Um, I only had to be there one day. Oh, the best part of jury duty though is we're all sitting there and like listening intently as she's like because they call off the names of who has to go into, you know, the jury room for selection or whatever. And Irene goes, Jennifer Lopez. And the entire jury room, like, stands up and starts looking around. And the lady who was, like, a different Jennifer Lopez, obviously, was like, no, thank you, everyone. She was, like, gets it all the time.
0: Oh, man, I was hoping Irene was going to pull a classic Halloween trick on you all, because that would have been so funny. And She was like, <laughs> I fooled you. Do they give you? No, um, Do they give you coffee and, and cookies?
1: No, there. I mean, there's a guy like set up outside who like sells coffee and snacks and stuff, but you have to buy them. Mm. But they do have loads of great jokes, loads of really good sarcasm, and we got. I got out in one day. It was pretty great, and I basically just like sat around and edited the podcast. Like there was an outlet, and I just plugged in and went to work on next week's episode.
0: It was kind of like you're in the airport or something.
1: It's like waiting at the airport, it was totally fine, but I think that 's where I got my cold because I was like in this room with a million strangers. Did you anyway, feel rejected kind of because
0: you didn't get picked? No,
1: I felt so happy because I have been picked before and I've served on a jury before, and it's it's very time consuming and so i 'm glad I didn 't get picked i don 't feel rejected though there is a little bit of that, like not being called on, but i 'm cool with it i 'm happy about it.
0: <sighs> it. stresses me out. <laughs> I have jury duty, duty drama that I have to figure out.
1: You should just go. I just know. Just go. Just don't resist it.
0: I'm not trying to resist it. I like. They like sent me. Some, they like. I didn't get the initial invite. Rude. I just got that. That I didn't come to my invite. Um, uh, thing. And then I went online. And then they were like, "You're shut out of this. You can't see anything." And then I just kind of stopped investigating it because I'm because <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy decorating. Um, But then I also heard that if you actually don't investigate it, they can arrest you. So they can. I don't want to get arrested. I mean,
1: I doubt they will, but
0: if they pull me over and be like, "I have a podcast," <laughs> I'm decorating for Halloween still. My roommate they have actually a podcast, hates. Always gets you out of tickets. Hates my decoration, so I keep like just subtly moving things around so that like. <laughs> He's kind of, but kind of confuses him. But um, did you decorate? What
1: are, what are you doing for? No, fall? we don't decorate. We decorate for Christmas. That's it. Um, I haven't gourds? even gotten any decorative gourds yet. Um, I need to get some gourds. Gotta get I some need gourds. to get some decorative gourds. I, I get that stuff for like Thanksgiving. We don't do a lot of October decoration in this house.
0: But oh see, fuck! Bitch, you know what? Bitch, you get the gourds for Halloween, and then you subtly transition that into the into the Thanksgiving. They appellate. get moldy by
1: Thanksgiving.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, that's the whole magic two, two um months. i haven't
1: seen se- we have been watching spooky movies though which that's has been fun. good that's i fun. told you i just saw parasite which is amazing uh not really for the girls though um, is it spooky it is spooky it's spooky spooky for halloween it's great for halloween It's perfect um but this ugh, the thing that fucking depressed the fuck out of me this week though i know is that ronan farrow book did you get it no, but I read the really good... There's a really good um, article by Rebecca Traister in New York Magazine about it. And I read that. And it just it makes me think of my number one girl, Ann Curry. Speaking of being for the girls. <laughs> and I just hope that Ann Curry is... L- just justice for fucking Ann Curry is all I have to say. Because Rebecca is great. You guys find this article. It's really good. It's all about the kind of systemic corruption at NBC that kept this going. Mm-hmm. And how, like, when there were sexual um, uh, harassment allegations against Tom Brokaw, like, all the women were forced to sign a letter basically saying that they loved Tom Brokaw, even though none of the women wanted to do that. But just, like, the bosses at NBC told them to. Just, like, creepy shit. It's a lot more, like, entrenched and creepy than that. But read the article, Rebecca Tracer, New York Magazine. She's great. But, yeah. Anyway, that really kind of, like, bummed me out. But I'm happy that Anne Curry is no longer at Today. But I love her so much.
0: I read... And I
1: worry about Hoda. I just worry about Hoda.
0: Hoda's strong. Hoda's invincible. Don't worry about Hoda. Although, they are exhausting Hoda's resources. Like, she's on every single hour of the Today now. So it's, like... Yeah, we're... That fabulous, yeah, I know, it's... So, like, <laughs> give her... It's...
1: Yeah, give her, like, let her be on that Matt Lauer schedule where she gets to be on for an hour and a half. Speaking
0: of Halloween, that's one of my favorite traditions is seeing the fucked up shit they do for her costume day (laughs) in the studio. If you all haven't, if you all want to, like, if you all just need, like, a break from this cruel, cruel world, yes, there's going to be pictures of Matt Lauer, but he looks uh, a whole bunch of a mess in all of them. Go to, like, the group costumes uh, of, like... Throughout the like years of the Today show. And especially if you don't have that much time in your very busy schedules, look at when they all dress up as the peanuts, because it is some of the most nightmare. <laughs> it's, <inducing>. so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> like unbelievable. What the fuckery? <laughs> Kathy Lee is just oh gosh. Kathy Lee Hoda. Mm. Take me back, take me back to the good old days where
1: like, we're gonna. Yeah, we need to do an entire Today Show episode. We
0: absolutely will. Yeah, we, it's actually that's what, a today's episode. You know, of the of the women was something that Nick and I have been talking about since we started this podcast. So
1: that's true. Get that's true. That. It's gonna come. It's gonna come to you one of these days.
0: Oh, Okay, Battle Angels. So listen, y'all. I think you we talked about this when we had to do our emergency Judy podcast that we were going to start with like a whole month of Halloween. But you know, we can't predict these things. We don't know when there's going to be the 40 minute director cut of Diane and that we have to tape about <laughs> or when Poems is going to get we- a sequel, which if you've seen <laughs> poems would be very hard, hard to do. A to <laughs> cheerleading in heaven maybe we had no Pumps idea we had no idea
1: <laughs> I actually would love that
0: so these things come and and we just have to answer the call or we do or, or, or our three fans would kill us
1: there was no way there was no way for us to know that Judy was going to be released at a certain date there was no way for us to know that, <laughs> that, inf- that information is not readily available at all they dropped so that on us like Arles. a bomb. <laughs> it was like it was like Beyonce. an Adele track. It was like Beyonce's well, just, album.
0: They were like, let's like, secretly, let's just, let's just, let's just at midnight drop the Judy movie on all of them, and just watch them scurry to the theaters that's
1: exactly what happened <laughs> so yeah so we had to change up our schedule but we still so last week we brought you spooky spooky Susie sue if you are thinking i don't know who Susie sue is i'm not gonna let. just listen she's a fucking spooky goddess who did the theme from batman returns one of the great halloween slash christmas movies of all time
0: she's gothy I, she's not just for halloween she's for all year long but like We just absolutely love her. Um,
1: But I was going to tell you this, because you know how we were talking about Hot Girl Summer before? mm -hmm. Now you know what we're in now, according to the internet. Sad Girl Fall.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: So she's perfect for your Sad Girl Fall. And
0: Brandon was such a delight. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back. That's technically our beginning of our spooky spoos. Actually, who do we have after this episode?
1: After this episode, Brandon's partner, husband, Spindle is coming on to talk about another spooky diva. But will you, you just have to wait and see who that is. Yeah. But think of who the other spooky, fun divas are. It was our
0: first couples uh, couples diva taping that we've ever done. It was really exciting.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. And they're really cool and amazing artists and super creative and super goth and beautiful
0: so okay so this is okay so this is our so this is what we were originally going to do before before Judy surprised all of us with its release date <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be our first um, spooky episode that we're doing right now and Nick and I like, ev- like talk about moms aunties any person alive that's ever heard of a podcast listens to um, obviously my favorite murder with Karen in Georgia. Iconics. Yes. Every like it's like a
1: huge inspiration to us of how we started this podcast. We love my favorite murder so much.
0: Yeah, and, and who and, and who doesn't? So we are kind of gonna do a fun, slight riff on this, in which I'm titling My Favorite Murder She Wrote. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes girl! I saved that from Nick. I thought it was so <laughs> smart and funny. <laughs> I was like, I've got a name for this but I'm not telling my
1: you my favorite murder, murder she wrote that was my Karen Kilgariff impersonation
0: um and maybe I don't know I think Nick, like I thought like would you actually really fun that you and I bring each other episodes of my favorite yeah. murder she wrote and like read it like a real murder um in and, and, and like we want to do this as a series I'm sure like we have like you know we were trying to do bring back some recurring bits here y'all and i think my favorite murder she wrote if this is a success is going to possibly be one of them um and i think it'd be fun if we like bring each other murders but this episode um we're just tackling one one of the of iconic murder she wrote episodes um called fire Burn, and cauldron Bubble.
1: That's right. It's a witchy, witchy Murder, She Wrote episode for Halloween for all of you spookies. So if murder wasn't enough for you for this Halloween, this is Jessica Fletcher also tackling witchcraft and as well as murder.
0: So I'm going to do the first half and then Nick is going to do the second half. But girl, can you like give us an intro on, um, on Murder, She Wrote? Yeah,
1: for everyone who doesn't know what Murder, She Wrote is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> murder, She Wrote is an iconic television show that ran for 12 years on CBS From 1984 to 1996, starring Dame Angela Lansbury, one of the grand gay diva supremes of all time. Um, It was on on Sunday nights at 8. I know that I remember that deeply because it was on after 60 Minutes, and my dad would force us to watch 60 Minutes as a family, and then he would leave the room, and my mom would Would watch Murder She Wrote with us. That's where I got a lot of my
0: my Murder She Wrote memories is from being at your house and like staying in that Mm -hmm. living room.
1: My mom was a Murder She Wrote fanatic. Um, It has this weird
0: quality of like watching. It's like the most. It's like a warm blanket of death. It's like a warm mm-hmm. grandma's quilted blanket of death watching it. Like I cannot tell y'all how soothing it is to spend an hour <laughs> watching it, right? Like, there's something so fucking comforting about Yeah, it's like these it's like episodes.
1: grandma law order.
0: Yeah. Yes. It, 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 exactly. Actually, there's um I started up on the on my murder show binge again last year because there's get this a show called Hallmark um mysteries it's like a channel movies and mysteries hallmark movies and mysteries oh, that's where ann becky was like uh bankrolling her career on um
1: <laughs> Before, that's where she was bankrolling her daughter's college career right
0: Dollars <laughs> line career and so they would they would they would do like marathons every night and this was in like february and like talk about sad girl like deep winter and <laughs> deep winter in california and but I was still a sad girl. I still am a sad girl. And I would just like put that on, and it would be like Sarah. It would just be like I, I don't know. Valium would just come over me, and I would just like put mm. put uh, put that Murder She Wrote on, and just I I don't know. It was just so relaxing. Uh, yeah.
1: It's yeah. It's fair It's it is. It's like a nice TV Valium. It's kind Valium. of exciting, but it's not. It's not scary. And also, like, Angela, when, she, when they made the show, it started because she had done a couple, like, BBC series as Mrs. Marple, who's a famous, like, English detective. And they kind of adapted that for her. They were trying to maybe do an American Mrs. Marple, which then turned into Murder, she wrote. And Angela really hated violence. So that's why there's very little violence on the show, and she always tried to avoid it. She also, just a little background on the show, she always wanted to keep J.B. Fletcher a single woman because um, uh, CBS was always trying to get her to have a love interest, and she really rejected that. And as it became kind of this ratings juggernaut, she got co- creative control, and she started becoming a producer, and her production company got involved, and she had creative control of Jessica's clothes. She um, had creative control of things like whether or not she would have a love interest, which she never wanted. And then as the years went on, sadly, it they tried CBS tried to move it to Thursday to compete with friends, which was the stupidest move ever. And it ended after 12 seasons. And, uh, there's even an iconic episode where, uh, Angela explores, uh, J.B. Fletcher has to solve a murder on the set of a TV show called buds, which is like the parody of friends. So she tried to like throw some shade on friends. That's amazing. And then, Aunt, and then Angela tried to turn it into a musical um, but then that didn't really work out. But it morphed that musical she tried to make out of Murder, She Wrote, turned into the iconic Mrs. Claus, her great musical about Santa Claus's
0: wife. Oh, I didn't know that. She was, and then she also went on, after the show got canceled, she went on and did, I think, three movies. Like Yeah, uh, uh, and TV movies. They were all set, like, I think one was set in Ireland, and so they weren't actually set in her iconic hometown that we'll talk about soon. Uh, And I, and I also love that. And she, and she never actually, besides the first episode, she never had a love interest. So she like prevailed on that. She was always yeah. uh, A, and and she was, and the other, it was a lot of it was like it's very subtly revolutionary because she was actually a happy, happily single woman. You know, like Mm -hmm. she and 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 she didn't have any children, and there was never a point in that show where she like bemoans that. She was very content with her life, uh, being an authoress.
1: Yeah, she was, like, content in herself. She has such self-contentment, self-actualization.
0: Sorry, y'all. If you all are hearing, like, some bang, bang, bangs, they are fully tearing off the roof of my apartment right now. But, like, if there's a lot of bang, bang, bangs, just, I don't know, make it make it spooky for you. <laughs> make it seem like I'm taping <laughs> in a haunted goddamn house. Um, <laughs> but they're really just roofing. They're just roofers. Battle angels battle with us. We got a lot of our information uh, uh, for this episode. I did. I got actually. I don't know what your sources were. I know that we shared some, um, but a lot of mine came from the Telegraph, an article in the Telegraph, and like one of our most help. Oh, I did. I, I got something from called Hooked on Houses. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yes, thank you. And um, I think are probably like. I think what we're going to use a lot for uh, our favorite Murder, She Wrote series because, like, it's so amazing is this uh, website called Murder, She Blogged. Um, they... <laughs> this person writes about every single episode. Uh, she has... I don't know if you've seen this, Nick. Uh, you can go... There's a section of all of the books J.P. Fletcher has ever written and, like, any shot no. of the... Yes. Anytime it's mentioned, it's written down and any shot of, like, the book that they can get hold. It's 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 iconic. It's a really iconic like if you're into
1: This is a fandom I love so much. Murder She Blogged. I mean yes. the Murder She wrote fans are so intense. We also love an Instagram you should follow called Murder She wore yep. where they put up Jessica Fletcher next to pieces of dessert. And that she looks like it's very beautiful. It
0: is really intense. I think you know everyone talks about oh they're like a fan of the Golden Girls and this and that, but like you go onto your Etsy and type in Murder She Wrote, and there is a ton of like ephemera memorabilia. You can every year mm-hmm. get a JB Fletcher calendar. Hunting. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I know what everyone in my family. Yes, JB Fletcher. This year. God. <laughs> I'm wearing my JB Fletcher watch. Our God. Um. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, like I think it's like yeah, there is a huge fan base uh for Mushiro. And I think oh, also we have, we we're we're um we're bearing the lead. You all can watch if you if you are uh have Amazon Prime. There's what? Seasons 1 through 5.
1: Yeah. Right? Seasons 1 through 5 are on Amazon Prime. This is season 5 episode something. Mm-hmm. It's called Fireburn Cauldron Bubble.
0: Yes. Uh, Fire burn cauldron bubble. Okay, let me let me let's break this down for y'all a little bit. I want to talk about uh, where this is set, which is uh, called Cobbett Cove. This is kind of where Jessica Fletcher lives, even though like um, she does other murders. She lo- she like in a couple of seasons, iconically loved to travel to New York to teach, but this is. Where J.B. Fletcher lives, This this Cabot Cove in Maine. Okay, that's not real. And in *Murder She Blogged*, this is—I just had a—I just took this wholesale. This is what she says: in this series, Cabot Cove's exact location on the Maine coast was never fixed and intended to shift around according to the writer's whims, kind of like a modern-day Brigadoon. Which Brigadoon, the <laughs> musical, is bananas. Bring that it back is. with like a real like post-punk kind of thing. Talk about that. That. Shows, I looked doing up, and I was like, whoa, I forgot how crazy that shit is. Um, <laughs> the name of other Maine towns, some real, some made up, get tossed around with abandoned. Although hints are sprinkled throughout the episodes set in Maine, a mention of how long it takes to drive to Portland, for instance, or the mileage between it and New York City, they seldom agree. Two episodes even briefly show signposts um, grouping Cobbett Cove with the names of several other real towns in Maine. But the signposts contradict each other. It should be remembered that these details were generated by people living in California, not Maine. And so such... (laughs) No, know, isn't so this is crazy? So such, they can't reasonably be, be used as a map. The exact location of Cove is, in the final analysis, a little continuity flaw that is best overlooked. So that's how crazy this <laughs> blog is, you all. Because Cove is, so they did not shoot on the East Coast at all or in Maine. Where did they shoot? No. Where did they shoot, bitch? In Mendocino.
1: In Mendocino. Talk to me of Mendocino.
0: That was my next line that I wrote, girl. Talk to me (laughs) of Mendocino. Which is kind of cool. But they they said, like, because of all of the kind of activity there, they borrowed in around, like, $2 million uh, uh, in revenues to to Mendocino. Oh,
1: cute. You're welcome, Mendocino. Yeah. Don't ever say we never gave you anything.
0: Okay, so here's some facts about kabakov Khabikov is a population of 300, or, <laughs> three hundred or three thousand five hundred and sixty, and that's like my little village, girl, where I'm from. But that's like Edwardsburg. Oh, shh, you gotta you beep that. You can't say that. Yeah, I don't want you all to know where I'm. I'm famous. <laughs> my parents. I don't want, to, all the I don't want
1: everyone mobbing. <laughs> I don't want mobbing everyone your mobbing your house. My
0: parents. <laughs> they're, they're overwhelmed by my fans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, wait, so how many people is
0: it? Uh, 3,560. Uh, very tiny. Um, but even with that lowest population rate, uh, technically, if this was real, they hold the, uh, they hold the highest uh, murder per head, per capita.
1: Of course, absolutely. Because of how, how many people have died?
0: I, I don't actually have the number of how many people died, but I know that it's 60% higher murder rate than... What do you, what do you think is the actual... Uh, murder capital Gary and in Indi- world. Oh, Gary Indiana, of, Ameri-
1: <laughs> of America, it was Gary for a while. Oh, really? wasn't it? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I think so. Back in the eighties or something, or at least that's what we were always told that Gary had a lot of crime. What is it? Honduras. Oh, Honduras. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. But but Cabot Cove is more than Honduras, right? Cabot,
0: yeah, yeah. With yes, <laughs> Cabot Cove. <laughs> Angela Lansbury brings death. Imagine all the gossip. I wrote this like um, really random thing about uh, how I love the idea of all the gossip that goes on in Cobb Cove (laughs) with like all the death and how like being in my tiny little village, uh, my best friend Lauren and I would just like die for just like a little bit of scandal. So this would just be like (laughs) living in Cobb Cove. And then I had like another fantasy that like, I think that when you die, oh girl, we're going way off the mark here. I think that when you die, you just kind of, like, end up in your dreams, and in my dreams of Cobbett Cove, like, uh, in my next life, I play the clown of Cobbett Cove, and so, like, Jessica Fletcher's like, who's that at my window, and then it's like, she, <laughs> she pulls open the curtains, and she's like, oh, it's just Jason the Clown, Shoot Jason the Clown, and then it's like, run around the town. <laughs> <laughs> like eat all the casserole i know that's crazy but that's eat all the
1: casserole you're gonna get killed so quickly jason the clown the death of jason the clown happens like season one episode four <laughs> yeah but
0: then i come back as like it's like i don't know jason the movie theater operator and actually they do a lot of a lot of the it's it, it really is like law and order because a lot of these people who play like uh small roles come back as other characters and so, yeah, so Cobbett Cove has Angela Lansbury, and like we said, she's a single lady, and then she actually has a couple of friends that help her, which is mainly, like, the sheriff. There's two different sheriffs throughout the series. Right. And then there's Dr. Seth, who plays a big... Um, Rolling. He's a
1: big part of this episode of Fire, Burn, Cauldron, Bubble.
0: Yeah, and he's in a lot of the... He's in, I think, like 68 episodes or something. He's in a lot of the episodes. He's, like, one of Jessica's best... She has a lot of friends. That's what she has. It's like,
1: she, she's nothing but friends.
0: She's nothing but friends.
1: Damn. Uh, everyone is friends with Jessica Fletcher. God, wouldn't you...
0: Yes, including Jason the Clown...
2: <laughs>
0: it just, it just. It like, gosh, I just want to. Don't you want to live there? Don't you want to live in Cabot Cove? I definitely
1: want to live in Cobbett Cove. I want. Mm.
0: It's just like the. It's I want to work at the. Where you want to work, girl?
1: I want to work at the library with D. Wallace. I
0: can't wait to talk about that library, Mama. It's just <laughs> the. It's just that, like, it's just so many. But I mean, obviously, like, all of us that live in such nostalgia. But that, that the, all that looks, all the sweaters, all of the, everything. It's just. Mm, okay. Are you all ready for Fireburn Cauldron Bubble? This is from season five, episode 13.
1: Don't Ooh, you... spooky, episode 13.
0: Don't dun, 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 dun. you oh, oh, oh this is a... okay. I am I'm, I'm 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 real dark right now. I'm a real dark sad girl. But um don't you love the opening music? Dun, 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 dun. How hot would that be if if at my funeral uh, that music comes on and someone on a bicycle reels my coffin out?
1: I'm writing (laughs) it down (laughs) right now. I'll make sure that that happens for you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, put that in my will.
1: (laughs) I'm in charge of that. We actually are iconically really in charge of each other's funerals in a very serious way.
0: I can really see you being uh, really getting really frenetic about how to actually get the coffin on the bike to get like how to properly like bike it out without me I think me falling off though would be a fun scene um (laughs) dun 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 he's dead 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 um okay so this is okay so let's (laughs) let's get let's get focused here we go okay so this is our this is our opening for our spooky spooky episode and it and it does kind of open on an eerie dark night where there's a pilgrim doing some really witchy stuff like lighting candles and saying a spell to Beelzebub.
2: Oh, hear me, hear me, great Beelzebub and Neveros and Flurity! Thus do I call for it to rain, both pestilence and pain, unto all the generations of the men and women who killed me.
1: She's drawing a pentagram. Yeah, she's drawing
0: a pentagram in the sand.
1: And who finds her there?
0: Dr. Seth. Dr. Seth gets called um, to Agnes. Finney's, Finney's, Ag- Agnes Finney's house, uh, because like something, Agnes broke something. So he's called to her house and he like sees the pilgrim and like interrupts her and she runs away. And so then Doctor Thess is like, OMG! And then he runs where obviously to J.B. Fletcher's house and freaks Absolutely. out. But what is J.B. doing? She's with her um. friend, so many friends, Harriet. And what are they planning for? Bitch, I could die. The Garden Club Casserole or
2: lunch. tuna noodle bake, and your seafood rice dish, and Mildred's pigs in blankets. Oh, Jessica, tell me there'll be enough for the Garden Club's casserole yes. supper. Yes, that's
1: right. Yes, they're planning what they're making for the Garden Club Casserole <laughs> lunch.
0: Do you hear that click? Yes, Mama. That's, <laughs> a, that's what Jason LeClon <laughs> would be doing. <laughs> Give me that. I just want that. That's what I want my food to be. Like... <laughs> I just want to be invited to the Mary.
1: casserole lunch.
0: Mm.
1: That mm. woman, Harriet, is really hectic, though.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, she is. She is, Yeah, and so, like, so Seth runs, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I saw a witchy poo. And Harriet was like, oh, no. I know exactly who that is. <laughs> that is Patience Tarhoon. She was a witch 300 years ago, and she was mm-hmm. killed for being a witch. And she's back. And Harriet's like, I gotta go tell the garden club. They're going to freak, to freak. Going Yes, to freak.
1: absolutely. And where was wait, where was she... Where did they see Patience Tahoon?
0: Um, outside of um, Agnes's house. Yes, On but at the fucking
1: witch's... The, the witches witch's stump. stump. There's a special witch's stump in <laughs> Cabot Cove. Duh. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> right down at the stump. And... Uh, okay, so... <laughs>
1: I'm going to meet you down at the Witches' Stump.
0: <laughs> oh, y'all want to meet at the witch's Stump real quick?
1: Just um, meet me over there, draw a pentagram. Happy Halloween.
0: So, okay, so, so, yeah, so as we said, it's a big deal because 300 years ago, uh, like, that, we're, 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 we're on the anniversary of when... She was killed at that stump, which I guess I'm guessing was a tree. I guess it was like probably, she probably didn't get killed by a stump. I think she maybe got. <laughs> um, so then, so the next day, Jess um, runs into Sheriff Metzger, uh, who is like all up in a frenzy because the PAPS have gone hold. That patience is back. Uh-huh, and the
1: PAPS are nuts.
0: The PAPS are nuts. And they're freaking out. Um, And then, and the sheriff, this is, I love this. The sheriff shows just some of the stuff found on the scene and then just like, like uh, some of the memorabilia and then the candles and just goes, Oh,
2: this candle appears to be crudely made.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, She gets
1: spotted crudely made. I also love that in Cabot Cove, the first thing the police do is show the box of evidence to Jessica. Fletcher.
0: And right after she said that, I literally wrote in my notes, yes, bitch, you're my queen. <laughs> you you know what a crudely made candle is. <laughs> then okay, then Jess has some stuff to do. Has, what did she have to do? She has to drop some books off at the Kabba Library, which Nick yes. and I love, girl. I'm
1: gonna work there. I'm gonna work there with who?
0: D. Wallace. Y'all, I just went to the library and I just got myself a book like for the first time in five years. I what you get? A sci-fi book, a classic sci-fi book by um, Ursula K. Le Guin. Le I can't. Say oh, that, cool! Like, uh, yeah, the Left Hand of Darkness. So it's like a very queer. Yes. it's Kind of like a seminal queer. Uh, sci-fi book. Anyways, yes, I uh, just love that library. I love the way the library looks. I love when the, how those old libraries smell too. Like I.
1: The smell is really what it is for me.
0: It's, it's what it is, right? Like just kind of. It gives
1: like, me everything. Mm,
0: I love libraries. Yeah. Really so Dee
1: Wallace is the librarian, and who is she related to?
0: Well, let me tell you this, y'all. Dee Wallace is OG Scream Queen. If you don't know who Dee Wallace is, she was the mom in E.T. Best part in E.T., if I have to say so myself. She was mm-hmm. the mom in Cujo. Actually, uh-huh. girl, get on this tea Y'all, Dee Wallace makes like five horror movies a year.
1: She still does.
0: She still does. Like, If you want to do the IMDb, you're going to get real spooked out. There is one that I like kind of fast forwarding. Turn through. on
1: all your lights before you go onto her IMDb <laughs> yes. page, because you're going to get scared.
0: Scared! It's scary, these titles. There's one that's on Amazon Prime. called. It's like it's like an update of Hansel and Gretel from, I think, 2013, in which she just, like, fattens people up and bakes them, bakes them alive. Yes, yes Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace. Well, guess who she's related to, y'all? Oh, so Dee Wallace plays Mildred. Mm-hmm,
1: that's right, because Duh, obviously. That's who is related to, Patience that's right, Patience
0: Rick and Tarhoon. The
1: witch, y'all, who is back from the dead.
0: <laughs> and, like, she's also frazzled because everyone's calling her. Public library, Mildred Tarhoun speaking. And, like, she's, like, just <laughs> worried because, like... The paps are on her case. Yeah, the paps are on her case, and she's, like, really, like... She's just, like, oh, my gosh, like... Adam's still trying to paint this house that like I inherited, but her, this is her, Adam's her fiance. And she's like, oh, but you know, maybe I could go away because I got some inheritance from the little apple farm <laughs> that my uncle gave me. And
2: thanks to my late uncle Curtis, the few dollars I'll receive from that little apple farm he left me, I'll pay for a nice honeymoon.
0: I'm like, right? you can't write this shit. I mean, you can't because it's in this episode. But like, they did absolutely. So, so her and Jess are just having a good old kiki. And I'm um,
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you guys think we'd leave anything out? We won't.
0: No. We haven't. <laughs> and then, and then, in in then in terms of the library. But who? Gordon Fairchild and Rick Rivers. Now Gordon Fairchild is played by the legendary, like very fay, Robbie McDowell, who like you might remember him from um Oh my god, uh he was um in Overboard, which was also shot in Mendocino. And he was oh, in wow. Friday. And he was in your one of your favorites that we have to do with with another Miss Angela Lansbury. Um Bad knobs and Broomsticks. Bad
1: knobs and Broomsticks, the ultimate witchy fantasy of England.
0: I'm pretty sure he was on the down low, but yeah, he was a flamer. He's
1: real gay in this. And his assistant is played by Jason's favorite comedian. Uh,
0: yeah, by my all-time Mr. Yucks himself, Bill Maher. Such good takes. If anyone wants to really see what, like, the face of the nation... Actually, he is basically the face of the fucking nation. What did I write in my notes? I wrote, this is literally word for word. And Rick Rivers is played by Bill Mark, who legit could go fuck himself to death. He looks way <laughs> young here, but still stupid and smug. Hate, hate that son of a bitch. <laughs> that was, that's in my classic <laughs> right up of this, of this episode. Um,
1: he also has a really, he has a mullet that's very similar to yours in this episode.
0: Oh, that's a compliment. Thanks, babe. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so why is Gordon, like, visiting um, Cabot Cove? Well, surprise, y'all, bitches. You'll have to forgive Gordon. He's been just crazed with the new book, Patience to The Witch of Cabot Cove. It comes out tomorrow on the anniversary of her death. I mean, could you buy a better tie-in? And, and who does Rick, and, and who does um, Bill Maher play? His media advisor. Rick Rivers is someone's media advisor.
1: Uh, my favorite moment in this encounter between Jessica and this author who's written about Patience to is is when, when Jessica Fletcher doesn't agree with people... She just pulls this great move where she just raises her eyebrows.
0: <gasps> it's deep. Yes. And that's yes. all she does.
1: And I'm going to try that from now on. I don't have the same tactic when I disagree with people, but I'm going to try on <laughs> Jessica Fletcher's.
0: I was clocking that girl. It's like, oh, this is just like, this is a way. Well, I have a line from uh, uh, in it where she also shades him, but her shading is like so polite And, like, civil, but, like, she Mm -hmm. always has the upper hand. Because she's better than everyone, like...
1: Absolutely. J.B.
0: Fletcher is a saint, okay? Um, Absolute saint. Absolute saint. Okay, so, well, Gordon's, like, Gordon's there with um, Rick, and Gordon's, like, oh, my gosh, like, why isn't there, like, more, like, stir around patients coming back from the dead? Like, I'm writing this book. Like, I need my media. Like, the anniversary is coming. Like, I gotta sell my books, so there's that. Okay, great. Next scene. Yes, we are doing scene by scene, y'all. A random woman shows up at night. And just as uh, Jess at, is at Mildred's house uh, with Adam. Okay, get this. Adam is played. Adam Adam is Mildred's fiance. Adam is played by Christopher Stone, who in real life is Dee Wallace's actual husband. And they were, and- they were married uh, uh, for like 15 years and did multiple... Films together, including Cujo, but this is the only time that they're actually share screen. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. I, it's funny because I wrote down, I was like, she has really good sexual chemistry with this guy.
0: She literally was. <laughs> and I did
1: not know that that was her husband. Yeah, she was. Yeah. That's amazing. He died of okay, heart so attack th- in
0: 95. Is that important?
1: Oh, so they, rest in peace. They were
0: with him um, up until together. So, so they're at, at their house, and they also comment on Adam's paint job of Mildred's house, and they're all getting yes. ready for what, bitch? What are they getting ready for? The
1: casserole social.
0: Got, gots got oh yum. And <laughs> <laughs> I wanna go to the cake. you have no idea how many brooches I have and I do not wear. <laughs> like I could make a brooch dream. just ready
1: for the casserole social yes. just ready for the fucking casserole social mm-hmm. so who comes to the door
0: who, who knocks out the door but that mysterious woman and she's like surprise Mildred I'm done Ben your sister my name is Irene <laughs> mommy was dying when she had me and gave me to her sister and I'm pretty sure if I didn't clock this right but I'm pretty sure uh, that sister just disappears with her to Michigan
1: yeah, she like like their mom died, and so some aunt took Mildred's sister Irene to Michigan, where Jason and I are from, and they just haven't seen each other in a long time. And, really and they're and they're so happy. And Irene is played by an actress who is also plays Jenny in the Muppets Take Manhattan, oh
0: which is one, gosh, of one of my favorite movies. My favorite movies. I did. I actually that's the one actress I decided not to look up. How random. Um, so I'm glad you got That's that, funny. bitch, babe. Um, yeah, I
1: was like, Jenny, what are you doing? So yeah, so she shows up, and what does Uncle Seth say? Doctor Seth, who is also to there,
0: he's like, "Y'all, that looks just like patience." <laughs> That's
2: patience.
1: It looks just like the witch the from witch. the Witch's Shop, the, the Pilgrim Witch, witch. The good old Pilgrim Witch, patience to whom?
0: Uh, okay, so <laughs> So okay, so they're, like, having a really good time at the garden club. I cannot tell you all, like, I love to get in line and ladle food. Like, getting in line with multiple different options to ladle onto your plate is, like, always my fantasy. Jason the Clown, oh, maybe making such <laughs> a mess. Jason the
1: Clown always makes two plates. <laughs> two
0: plates. Oh, that Jason the Clown has two plates again. Darn him. <laughs> he can come back for seconds, but he has to let everyone else have some. Um, <laughs> um. And so they're all, like, gossiping and, like, doing whatever. Um, and, they're, and they're trying to figure out, like, did Irene, like, you know, how did she, you know, how did she get here? And someone's like, oh, I saw her actually, like, arrive, like, today right. from, like, the train. Okay, whatever, spooky. Then that night, you know, Mildred's, like, trying to peacefully sleep in her freshly painted house. And she wakes up and she sees good old sister Irene. Like, creepily sleepwalking around with some herbs in her hand. And she's like, oh, no, bitch. So what does she do? She does not take them to the sheriff's. She takes them to Jess's house. And
2: this one is sanguinaria canadensis, also known as bloodroot. Jessica, all of these are mentioned over and over again in witchcraft literature. They're used for casting evil spells. And Irene didn't remember any of this this morning. She was terribly upset when I told her. I, I didn't dare mention anything about this. Mildred, you mustn't read too much into this. People have been known to sleepwalk for all sorts of reasons. With a lighted candle and a bouquet of herbs used in satanic rites. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> But but just as like I actually have to go, I have to go to the sheriff's because of course she does. Um and then she like is in what? Like the d y'all just have to like look at the decor in all of these places because it's so good. Including the sheriff's. It's office. amazing. So the sheriff's already kind of like a little bit just like beside himself because the paps and the town people are all like where's Patience Tarhoon like what's going on the witch is back and he's mm-hmm. trying to kind of uh, keep people off but he like tells Jess he's like hey listen like I looked into your concerns about all like Irene's travel and it like checks out like she she did she flew from Tucson to Boston um, uh, which also that's, that's pay attention to that that's going to come back <laughs> and then and then the sheriff gets a like a call, right? And he's like, Oh my gosh, something's crazy at the where Witch's stump. The stump. Gotta get back to the witch's stump. Get,
1: get down to the stump, Sheriff. And to me New this York is City like get a down there.
0: very crazy part. Like I was really like gagged and thrown for this part, um, unexpectedly. Uh it was, um, they go there, and there's this, like, psychotic preacher who's played by Wormtail from The Lord of the Rings. That's, like, oh, the Giuliani wow. to Trump, remember? Like, whispering into, yeah. like, the king's I ear. I forgot
1: that that's who that was.
0: Yeah, yes. He, he's, like, he has a face for psychos, and he's, like, playing this, like, cray-cray preacher.
2: In the name of everything that's decent, I command thee, O oh, Lucifer. O Beelzebub, and all ye spirits of Satan to flee forever before the forces of goodness and truth.
0: And he's like, I can't, like, I cannot exercise this stump with all of these people here. And then he like points to Irene. He's like, especially with you here and all the spirits you're bringing. And Just Fletcher's like, no, girls first. And like takes Irene mm-hmm. away from the mob. And Irene's like, oh my gosh, I was gonna get hanged again. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I know. Not
0: on my watch.
1: Irene has also picked up her new boyfriend, who is a snack called Jonas.
0: Yes, I looked that snack up, and he was just like, um, he was been on like General Hospital for like. 21,000 years it's been his big good game. for him yeah and he is a Love that. Okay, okay okay so now okay so next scene we are back at the hotel with Prissy Gordon the author the crappy author yelling at Rick for not doing his job and Rick's like shh I've uh, I've like I've figured it out like don't don't you worry like, I've got because to- he's
1: mad because the paps aren't being allowed into Cabot Cove because the sheriff has kept them away, even though there's such a stir about Patience Tahoon coming back to life.
0: Oh, shit. So we, I missed literally one line of all the lines we're going through. When, she, when Jess, two scenes back, was at the, at the sheriff's office, she runs into uh, Prissy O'Gordon. He apologizes for being such a rude cunt. And um,
2: she goes, Here in Cabot Cove, it's quite permissible to be polite to nobody's.
1: I wrote that down too. I love that line. Isn't
0: that such a hot line? We gotta add that in there, babe. And okay, so 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 then so then you know, flash forward. We're in the hotel. Gordon's being pissy. Rick's like, I got a plan. I got a plan. Just you wait. And then we go back to um, Jess's house, and Jess ring, ding, dings, and in, in, in the mo- in the most brilliant brain of the world of hers, and it's like, wait a minute, how could how could um good old Doctor Seth be called to Agnes Finningy's house? When she was in Philly... She
1: gets that info from who? Her fucking Cabot Cove travel agent.
2: Yes, yeah, she does. You're absolutely sure of the date? Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, yes. It is nearly time for me to go to New York to see my publisher. I'll be calling you soon. Thank you. Good night, Phyllis. that Phyllis Grant, the travel agency? Yes. Uh,
0: I
1: think that's who I want to play. I want to play travel agent Nick,
0: who coordinates
1: all of jess's travel i
0: think he would be amazing honestly yes i can totally thank, you. Um, <laughs> thank you see that oh thank you and so and then jess was like wait so so i what she's thinking is what she's thinking is oh my goodness i think someone called seth on purpose so that he could see pilgrim which at the witch's stump mm-hmm. she's like hmm that's very interesting but then everyone's calling everyone she gets another call and they're like something the witch has been spotted again running into to this old barn and by the time Jess gets there it's like that the like last scene in Beauty and the Beast where they're like trying to kill mm-hmm. the beast everyone's yes. there and they're like
1: it's a mob. mob. Led by Harriet the casserole queen. Is like, has a, has a big old pitchfork and a girl. torch. Girl. And she's just ready to kill everyone. Oh
2: Look! Look, there she goes!
0: And so they're like, what's in there? And then the cops come and They're like, whoa, back off, back off. And then they go inside the barn. And who is it but, uh, but stinky old, stinky old Bill Maher in a pilgrim outfit... And uh-huh. he's and he's like okay, and he lights a barn on fire and then sneaks out the back.
1: And that, but we don't see that. We just, I mean, the, everyone else doesn't see that. Just the audience sees that. So yeah. we're like, Bill Mar is the witch.
0: Yeah, like. But what? we had seen
1: the witch, and the witch looked like Jenny from Up at Stake Manhattan. So what the fuck? Jenny
0: from the and like now he's like slipping out, and like what's happening? Okay. And so, and so that well, that was exhaustive. Now, now it's now Nick is taking over the next part of my favorite murder she wrote. Go girl.
1: Okay, so then it's the next day and the barn has come down and it's been burnt down and of course the cops are there and what do the cops in Cabot Cove do first thing when there's a crime scene? Jessica Fletcher needs to be on the ground immediately because she's a mystery <laughs> writer and she need we need her help. Uh-huh and that's the way we do things and so she is like looking around looking around and she's like wait did you all check the fucking did you look in the root cellar and they're like wait
2: what storm cellar and she's like well there should be a trapdoor in the floor someplace and they like see it ah oh, here it is under this pile of debris and they open
1: it up and who is in there it's Irene Jenny from at Take Manhattan, also known as Irene, also known as Patience Tahoon, And all I have to is say that like is that is,
0: come on, Irene. <laughs> <laughs> Irene. Come so Irene, Irene is dead, and
1: they're like, all of a sudden, this is a murder. Mm-hmm. It's a murder plot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the fuck? And the other thing I want to point out, like, why is Jessica always able to do all this shit, right? Why is she always, like, let around... A, she has a bike. She doesn't know how to drive a car. Oh, do, you know that she, iconic. do you know that
0: they never show her driving? That's like she one, doesn't know how to drive. Yeah. She, I love that. Yeah. Environmentalist.
1: That. She's an environmentalist queen diva, but also because older women are invisible to society and everyone always underestimates her. And that's my favorite thing about this show. Mm, yeah. It's like we always underestimate older women and it's such a theme in the show. And it's also something that was such a theme in Angela's career. Like, Angela Lansbury, for so many years in Hollywood, was just seen as, like, this woman who played older women. Even though she was, like, in her 20s. She was she would get cast in things like Gaslight and things like The Manchurian Candidate and... The picture of Dorian Gray, where she played mothers, she played these matronly characters, and she was nominated for Oscars for all of those performances, but she played these super matronly characters, and it frustrated her for a really, really long time. Just a little background for everyone here, just a, a, a wee side note for Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury was born in England, and she moved to New York after her father died from stomach cancer when she was nine her mom was an actress they moved during the Blitz Uh, she studied acting in New York but then her mom moved her out to LA to Laurel Canyon when she was a teenager so that her mom could follow you know get more work in the movies and in L.A., when Angela was in her like late teens and early 20s, she really fell into kind of the gay scene in L.A. She had a group of gay male friends who would take her around to the underground gay scene in L.A. in the 1940s. Yeah, wow. this is all uh, wow. says Wikipedia. But I really want to like, read her biography based on this stuff. Um, yeah, so she had all these gay friends and she would always go to these gay clubs and that's where she met the playwright John Van Bruten, who wrote Gaslight, which she starred in. Wow. And that got her signed with MGM and then she made National Velvet, which made her best friends with Liz Taylor and they were always really good friends. And then she married a gay movie director. and she thought that by marrying him she could fix him. They thought that they both kind of thought that and that didn't really work out. And they divorced. And uh, But they still stay friends. And then she married um, her husband, Peter Mullen Shaw, who was an ex of Joan Crawford's. And they started dating. They got married. They lived in Malibu. And they kept giving her, like I was saying before, these kind of shitty parts and shitty parts. and stuff. I mean, that's shitty parts. They were good parts. But they were matronly parts, like, 20 years older than her. Like, in mentoring Candidate, she's playing the mother of someone who is, like, four years older Frank than Sinatra. she was. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, duh. Um, so, she gets frustrated, and she moves back to New York City to do a little musical called Mame in 1966, and it was a huge, huge fucking hit, and she won the Tony for it, and she became, like, the toast of everything, and that's really what started her on the road to being this massive gay icon, and then, but then, again, she's underestimated. They don't let her do the Mame movie. They give it to Lucy, which was a huge hit, like a huge blow to her, and then she was offered One Flew Over the Cuckoo's and Nest. And it turned sorry,
0: but it turned out to be a huge mistake because that movie was a big stinking bomb, specifically because Lucy huge couldn't bomb. sing, and so yeah. it really backfired. But
1: it really did. And then she turned on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to play Bitch, Nurse Ratched. I did not know that. Yep. I oh, should have killed because she was that. like this is she was like this is too much all of my stuff that I've already right. done though the yeah. mean ball busting bitch she right. was like I don't want to do that so she does bed nobs and broomsticks instead which was a huge hit for her And one of your faves And yeah one of my favorite movies of all time bed nobs and broomsticks watch it if you don't I don't think we'll it do streams that. anywhere I I own it we'll do that one time we'll do that next halloween Um and then You know, she has some trouble in her family. Like, her Malibu home got caught on fire. Her son had a heroin problem. So she moved her whole family to Ireland. And so she was just going to live between Ireland and New York City. She was like, I can't do Hollywood anymore. And then she gets Gypsy, which starts on the West End. She moves it over to Broadway. It's a huge hit. She wins another Tony Award. Um, And she made a movie with Betty Davis called Death on the Nile, which I really think we need to watch and do a mini-episode on. And then she does Sweeney Todd, wins another Tony for that. Then she does a revival of Mame, which is a flop. And then she started doing these Mrs. Marple detective movies, which turned into Murder, She Wrote, which brings us back to Cabot Cove. But all of that to say, Angela Lansbury brought this kind of experience of being underestimated and undervalued to her work as Jessica Fletcher. And Jessica Fletcher's superpower is being underestimated and undervalued, which I love.
0: And this show is going to be, con- you know, no one really, exp- I mean, I'm not kidding. As we said in the beginning, like, in, in the later seasons, it did move. But when this was on Sundays, it was the number one show. Like, it was a runaway hit. Like, CBS yes. had no idea what they had on their hands. And so, like, that, they, you know, they just thought maybe this would just get some some kind of viewing, some family viewing, uh, some, you know, an older demographic, but it was a huge, huge success. I mean, 12 seasons is so long.
1: And also, how this ended, it ended too when Les Moonvez took over CBS and the famous quote when he canceled this and the sequel to Golden Girls, The Golden Palace, he was like, CBS <laughs> is no longer old lady TV. Mm-hmm. And so, fuck Les Moonvez, fuck. fuck Matt Lauer, tying fuck. back to what we were saying before. Fuck Bill Maher. Fuck all you fucking misogynistic people who run TV shows. Uh, Anyway, Jessica finds the body of Irene, who is also Patience Tahoon, who is also everybody, who's also Jenny from Muppet's Take Manhattan. She's dead. And they're like, how did she die? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? happened?" They get the toxicology report. It says she died between 1 and 3 p.m., which... (gasps)
2: If she died between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., it couldn't have been Irene who was pursued into the barn last night because she was already dead.
1: So how did she get there before? Well, I'm kind of going to go through this. She was, like, meeting with her boyfriend Jonas, and Jonas was, like, she was jet-lagged, so she had to go home and take a nap. Because so Jonas says that, home. right?
2: Like she was Jonas
1: tired. says that to Jessica,
2: yeah, and Jessica's like... You don't get jet-lagged traveling from west to east, as in Phoenix to Boston to Portland. Look... When everyone at the eastern end of the trip are nodding off, you're still wide awake.
1: Which I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's true, I, yeah, Jessica, I but I know you don't get jet lag true. going from Arizona to Boston. That's crazy. So they're like, she must have gone home to talk to someone on the phone and then gone to the barn to meet them where she was killed mm-hmm. before it got set on fire. Mm-hmm. So Jessica's Scandalous. like, mm, what the fuck? So then they go and they talk to Dee Wallace Who is like has an amazing scene where she's like all emotional about her sister dying and all this shit. What she was
2: going to give, she was like- I told her that since the house had been in the family all these years, I was having it placed under both our names. She was so moved, she cried. Y'all
0: are too trusted in Cobbett Cove. Mm -hmm.
1: I know, because it turns out, what? Oh, snap, that's not even her sister.
0: (laughs) I know, surprise!
1: Someone shows up and they're like, hey, I'm from the bank. That wasn't the sister. The sister died in a typhoid outbreak in Michigan <laughs> like 20 years ago, which you're like, what?
0: <laughs> How? What about well, that classic typhoid outbreak in the seventies like, that just it just so
1: confusing? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's so confusing. But then you basically then you're like, oh, so Bill Maher must have tried to kill her because she set her up as this actress to pretend to be Patience Dahoon, right? Yeah, because he wants to, to up get the publicity m- for the book
0: media, which is you know Patience Tahoon the witch of Cove. Exactly.
1: And so they're trying to get Bill Maher on it. And then Jessica shows up and she's like, I got you, Bill Maher. You bought the barn and you burnt it down yourself, which I didn't really understand. But Bill Mar is like, yeah, but I only did that for publicity, um, not to kill anybody. And it's true because she had been killed you know, hours earlier. So they're like, who did she call on the phone? Bill Maher's like, I called her on the phone to talk about the plot, but she didn't want to do it anymore because she was in love with Jonas now or something. I don't know why Irene got cold feet on this. Come on, Irene. But anyway, Jessica's like, hmm, I've got a plan. So then we have the iconic scene where Jessica sets a trap. Yes. Which is always my favorite part of any murder show. Like a subtle episode.
0: trap. Like she says something in front of people, right? Just like a little, mm-hmm. just like a little nugget. Just a little nugget. Of she has some advice.
1: folks over for dinner and some pie, and she's like,
2: "Hmm." But the sheriff now believes that the murder took place somewhere other than in the Greeley barn, and then he took the body there. Well, Sheriff Metzger is convinced that when he goes over the barn again tomorrow morning, he'll find something that will link Mister Fairchild to the murder some tiny shred of proof that Mr Fairchild might have overlooked.
1: And she like drops a little clue like the police should be doing. And then who then they of course sneak to the barn to see who shows up at night. That's right. It's Adam D Wallace's husband in real life and in fake life. And he is there trying to get rid of the evidence of his paint job from the house. Because why? Why? He killed Irene.
0: He killed Irene, and the paint that she saw matched the paint where? In Mildred's house that he was doing.
1: That's right. So he came home, heard her on the phone with Bill Maher, got so angry that she was going to try to steal the money or
0: something,
1: no, that I he killed think- her.
0: He was in on it. No, he was in on it.
1: No, I don't think he was in on it. I think he was mad because they were going to steal the money, that Irene was going to try to, like, Take the money and try to be her sister. I let myself in.
2: I found Irene by the hall table. She was sorting out the day's mail.
0: Hi Irene.
2: Startled me. Oh,
0: I uh, just came to get my tools.
1: Anyway, he was pissed I... off and killed her and <laughs> hit her in the pain. <laughs> and then fucking hit her body in a barn and Jessica fucking knew it she's also let me tell you another thing I think about Jessica Fletcher she is not afraid she like will walk into rooms with murderers by herself explain to them why they murdered somebody and she is not afraid and you know who that she's not afraid of witches Mm-mm. she's not afraid of loud authors she's not afraid of fundamentalist preachers she's not nah. afraid of murderers and you know who that reminds me of her being not afraid Elizabeth Warren.
0: Are <laughs> stinky, 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 stinky <laughs> Because
1: she's not afraid.
0: She, yes, yeah, I, I do see it. Yeah, we should make some kind of crazy meta, like Elizabeth Warren is the J.B. Fletcher of our times.
1: She <laughs> is the J.B. Fletcher of our times.
0: Well, you see, okay, so here's the other thing, is that here's like the other twist in all of this, is that the reason why um, Adam killed Irene who actually is uh? Who's actual actually? Irene was hired by all of them because she was an out of work actress in New York, of course. Um,
1: yes, I'm with you, Irene. Whose name
0: was Annie Gorman? Which is so, none of this is important at all. None of this is important. But Adam had to kill Irene slash Annie because when he overheard her like talking about all this, all the all the stuff that was going down, he had to kill her because what he wanted that inheritance.
1: That's right. That's right. I still don't know how she would have threatened the inheritance if he knew that she was a fraud, and why he had to kill her.
0: Though, <laughs> hmm. yes, <laughs> we're gonna have to put JP on that. We're gonna have to put JP Fletcher on that because I'm I'm not wise enough to ah, to answer that.
1: <laughs> but that also goes back to that favorite fan theory that Jessica actually killed them all.
0: Yes, yes, there is, there is. And that her
1: case against Adam is pretty weak, mm-hmm. and Jessica actually killed them because she is an ancestor of Patience Tahoon.
0: Yes, Jessica's a witch. Um, <laughs> Jessica's witch, Jessica's Elizabeth Warren, it's everything.
1: <laughs> Jessica is Elizabeth Warren. Because the other thing, they have the same superpower, which is common sense. They just know how to break everything down and make it all sound like common sense.
0: So, okay, so girl... Um, Fabulous. Anything else you want to add on our very first um, murder, uh, my favorite murder she wrote?
1: Um, uh, Just another thing on my uh, Justice for Angela Lansbury kick. Angela Lansbury was nominated for an Emmy every year for Best Lead Actress in a Drama. She never won, and she lost... Every year she lost to Sharon Glass twice, Tyne Daly twice, Patricia Wedding twice, Dana Delaney twice, Criminal. Kathy Baker three times.
0: For picket fences? And once,
1: yeah, for fucking picket fences, and once to Cela Ward.
0: Whoa, yeah, that's... It's actually... That's 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 famous. That's, like, iconic and famous. Um, uh, I think that's the most nominations with no win. Uh for yes. a single person. For
1: a primetime Emmy Award, absolutely. But, um, yeah. But we love her and, I, and I'm sending uh, Angela Lansbury supernatural protection and, um, She's
0: still with us. She,
1: yes, yeah, she is. And
0: there's, I want to send you all to this, like, uh, really beautiful thing. Uh, I don't know if, I'm sure most people are uh, familiar with the uh, reggae song. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Angela Lansbury, uh, uh, was just introduced to that uh, in an interview. And she has this, like, a really beautiful response that you all should go and, and look at and see, because it's it, it's really fabulous. And that just came out, like, a week ago. So, yeah, yeah, yay to Angela Lansbury, still making the news and still being charming and on top of it as ever.
1: Yeah, and yay to Murder, she wrote, for being that beautiful bond between us and our moms and our grandmas and our aunts and our babysitters that just kind of perfect family spooky show to watch together
0: and if you have like an app that you want us to cover please because like (laughs) this at least really excites nick and i so we're for sure gonna like you know you know every you know every couple of months like do a our favorite murder she wrote so yeah there's something there's like a real special one in your hearts like let us know
1: yeah absolutely send us your favorite Murder She Wrote yep. episodes um, send us your stories of you and your divas send us reviews send us money send us Venmo us stuff
0: yep anything send, send us CDs send, ge-
1: send us DVDs send us Halloween decorations
0: send us Aero pastel t-shirts
1: yes send us um, Jessica Fletcher style overcoats oh my gosh please Sweaters. I'm obsessed Sweater with those vests. overcoats
0: she was wearing yes. this schmuck this like I've actually had a kind of a couple schmocks like that but it was like her typewriting schmuck that she was like wearing mm. under her button down that I thought was so chic it was like a mock collar like mm, couldn't get enough of
1: Close, close, close. Okay, Battle Angels. Um, yeah, and send us your love and um, send us your spooky pictures of you getting ready for Halloween. Yes,
0: yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we got. I'm I'm sure you all can guess. Um, so we're doing. Uh, we're gonna have a, a spindle, uh, like we said. Brandon's partner coming up next week, and then come on now. We're gonna be doing a. We have Halloween. one penultimate
1: Halloween episode for you to coming show. up. What do you think it is? What do you think Tweet it at is? us. Come on
0: now. What do you think its it is? It's- <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to guess too far, okay? If you've been listening to this, you're gonna have to guess too too far. It's gonna be iconic. We love you.
1: We love you. Bye. Bye.